Payback Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's Payback Time. Are you in a position where you want to start your own business, but you feel like you can't pull away from your cushy corporate gig? The problem is the longer you go, the harder it is to leave. My next guest shares a story of leaving a high-paying finance career to start a Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio. In this episode, he shares how he made the transition, how he markets and sells, and how he keeps customers coming back. Please welcome Paul Homie. Paul, welcome to the show. Man, I'm excited to be here. Thanks, Sean. Good to have you here. So why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, my background's funny because when people see, see me now, like, oh, jiu-jitsu MMA guy. But actually, when people hear that I was a college golfer, they're kind of like, what? So I played golf in college mm-hmm. up in the Midwest. And then when I graduated, I moved down to Texas and got hooked on jujitsu and fell in love with that. And it's been a, a wild ride going from the passes. You know, I went from doing that to being a stockbroker, to being an entrepreneur, to being a consultant and coaching and investing. And it just keeps going. So it's been a wild ride. I'm just enjoy every minute of it. So let's go back a little bit. Um, and real quick, you mentioned Midwest. Where in the Midwest? South Dakota. Oh, so okay. Not the yeah. golf capital of the world, but I would literally play about 10 months out of the year. I we'd find ways to play in the winter. It was just insanity, but <laughs> I'm sure the, the prices for uh, a round of 18 wasn't too bad in South Dakota. That's my perception. At no, least. it was super cheap. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you got a, you got a strong background in sports. It sounds like, and what I'd like to do is talk about how did you transition from that background to becoming an entrepreneur? And what we want to do is we want to dive into the type of business model you created. Our listeners like to know, like, what do you do and how do you make money at it? So let's, let's maybe start with the career in sports and how did you make that transition? Yeah, it was crazy. It was just one thing led to another. I was, when I moved to Texas, I didn't know a lot of people. So I started training jujitsu with my best friend who the whole reason he moved down here was for jujitsu. And then he wanted to be a UFC fighter and he made it to the UFC and won the ultimate fighter Four. so I got to travel around the world and do some of that stuff. And I was loving my job as a stockbroker. It was great. I loved it. It was the best job I ever had, but I always had this calling. It was like, man, you need to open your own gym. You need to open your own gym. And I was always tentative because I hadn't won anything. And all my friends were like super successful and famous. And that's what they built their businesses on. I'm like, man, I got to, I'm not that guy. And then my wife and my best friend were both like, man, you should just open it up. You're good at, you've helped me run my gym, the systems and everything. You're good at making money. Just, just try it. So I tried it on a one-year lease and the rest was history. I just, it, it translated so well because jujitsu teaches you so many fundamentals about like working through problems, solving problems under pressure. It's so when business things come along, it's like, cause anybody's an entrepreneur knows some days you're just, you're drowning. You're like, Oh my God, mm-hmm. the water's right here. And then you, I still feel that way. Then it's like, okay, take a deep breath. Let's fix the problem. Same thing in jujitsu. Somebody's trying to choke right. you and your heart rate's at about 150 beats. You're like trying to process decisions and mm-hmm. you learn to relax in those situations, which yes. gives you a huge advantage in business. Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of people who they freak out and that's like a snowball effect of like the problems um, <laughs> inflate their emotions. And then that creates more problems, which creates more emotions. And it's and next thing you know, they're they're in the hospital. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah. Crazy. So that's that's great to hear. We'll touch on the stockbroker aspect in a second, because yeah. our, our platform ticker is all about stock investing. 
interesting, but you created a gym. So, you know, that type of business model, I assumed you just charge like a monthly fee for people to come in and you would train them. Was it group training or one-on-one? How did this business model work? Yeah, it's a great model. I mean, pre pre 2020, it was like, it was an amazing, it was almost like we had it dialed in everything and runs super smooth because you use a group training model. So it's, you're bringing in people, you have, you know what your numbers are. So you know what numbers mm-hmm. you get to, you do offer like one-on-one lessons. I don't deal a lot with that anymore because the time to energy just doesn't equate, but I have other instructors that do that and, and they do that for other revenue for them, but it's a group coaching model. So the people are paying monthly and then you're running it you know, to keep adding members. And I guess the biggest difference with like jujitsu as a business versus like some of the gym models, gym models are just like sign people up and forget about it. Jujitsu is like get people and get them to stick. Like I'll have clients stay for, I think I've, I'm not quite since I've been around, but you know, right now I could go in the gym. There's people have been there 15 years. It's just crazy. Yeah. And so it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a tough industry because you have to do things right because you can run people off too because it's hard. It's not yeah. an easy sport to start. <laughs> no, not at all. And and the reason I ask some of these questions is in my world, I have a, I have a B2C, it's called uh, B2C SaaS. So you, it, one issue you can always deal with is churn. So people join and then they'll leave, which is common. In yep. your business, it's it's a physical business model, but you still run into that churn element. And you touched on something I'd like to drill in a little deeper is, and I, I see this issue with a lot of people who start like um, massage therapy studios or yoga studios, personal training is how do you get people to not churn out, to not leave you? So can you talk about that? How did you get people to stay? Man, it's tough in the beginning. It didn't work because we were just training and work and being going hard and all stuff. You're like, man, no one sticks around. It's like this is tough. <laughs> this business model is hard. And then it's like, oh, okay. Then you start figuring out, like, okay, as you get older, you get a little smarter. And like, okay, we need to have like introductory level classes. People can't do a lot of the jujitsu techniques because they're so out of shape, and they don't want them to go to a gym because they're never going to go to the gym. They're never going to come back to jujitsu. So it's like, how do you simplify things for people so they have a, a basic core they go through and they start to get in shape and feel better, and then. After that, just building community, like, you know, making it yes. bigger than just jujitsu. We make it the gyms like a family. We all joke around with each other, have fun together, you know, try to do off um, location things to keep people kind of bonded because community is a huge aspect of it. Two key points I want to extract there you hit on. Number one, confidence. Get people in and get them to own a skill set at a certain level confidently. So if they're beginners, get them to own that, right? And say so you're nodding your head here. So those yep. who are listening, you're like, okay, okay. I, I'm, I'm hearing that correctly. And the second point, that's awesome. Building community. So it's not just people's relationship with you. It's their relationship with each other that probably motivates them to stay. Yep. hundred percent. Nice. That's awesome. And, and when did you start this studio? Man, 2002. Wow. <laughs> so okay. It's, it's been a bit. Yeah. Do you still have it open today? Oh yeah. still open today. Yeah. We survived the, the last two years. It was crazy. You know, nice. in, in Texas, yeah. Texas was a, an advantage obviously, because we opened up sooner than most, you know, states. And so it was, but we still had, took a humongous hit. I mean, it was hard because right. you know, people didn't know what to do. They were freaked out. And it's like when jujitsu involves incredibly close contact, yes, <laughs> so it's yes. like when they're like, Oh, you gotta stay six feet apart and work out. I was like, I'm going out of business. It's like, I physically can't do it. You know, you can't do it on Zoom. Right. You can't. It's like, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. And then luckily, you know, things worked out. Okay. And, and the crazy thing is, is as a whole, like our jujitsu community was insane the way that it handled everything because I'm a huge believer, you know, exercise and fitness to sure. offset, you know, 
getting sick because if you have underlying conditions, but the crazy thing was like out of the gym, I mean, you're talking to hundreds of people interacting daily and like yes. no one getting, no one got sick, sick. It was crazy. So I'm like, man, this is insane because I have people my age that I know that passed away that weren't taking care of themselves. And then I have guys that are like 60 years old that have incredible lung capacity. And they were like, Oh yeah, I got, I got sick. And you know, I was good in like two, three right. days. And I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, okay. Another reason. So I think in the future, that's going to help a little bit with people understanding that, you know, the value of working out because it gets people forget about it a lot of times. Totally. I've, I've been a firm believer in, in fitness for pretty much my whole life. And, and I try to be in the gym, you know, four or five days a week or so. And, and yeah, That's I totally awesome. agree with you. It, uh, you can withstand things when they hit you. It's like you can bounce back a little faster just from oh, yeah. keeping yourself. Yeah. I can't imagine being out of shape and getting sick with that stuff that was going around. It's like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> right. Like, and down and out. I've, I've run into some people they'll they've survived and, and then they'll say, yeah, it's like down for like a month. You know, yeah. and there's there's a long termers as well. So, anyway, uh, with with your business here, so you've got a I would call it a brick and mortar. It's a service business, but it has some scalability depending on how many people can be in a class at one time. I'm curious, how many people can you work with at once? Man, that's the awesome thing about jujitsu. In a beginner class, we keep it smaller. I aim for that like ten to fifteen people in a class at the okay. most usually. Sure. But like in an advanced, what makes jujitsu a beautiful business model is in an advanced class. 50, 60 people I can handle it. Wow. It's just, it's insane it, because you can, it's most things you can't scale like that, like personal training, things like that. Even like group fitness is hard. Jiu-jitsu though, is when you get to a certain point and you're in an advanced class, it's like, you already have your fundamentals. You have your style. You have what you like, your, your techniques you go to, and you're gonna have different training partners that, you know, you, you have like your set rotation on most of the people, you know, mm-hmm. so it's like, like, I know if I go in there on certain days, who I'm usually going to work out with, you know, in what, I'm going to do, and then we'll show techniques in class a little bit and everybody gets it. And then it's just open training, which is so much fun. Right on. When you said 50 or 60, I, I was, I was kind of shocked. I'm trying to visualize the space. You must have a <laughs> decent sized space to yeah, that many people. 5,000 square feet. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it's almost all mats. So yeah, it, that's another thing too about it. It's sure. equipment wise and stuff like that. It's just basically a mat. <laughs> so yeah, one like, big mat. <laughs> yeah, one big mat. You keep it clean, and you know, and they last for a long time. So you can cycle through a lot of people, and so it makes it a lot of fun. Right. How do you market your services? How do you market this business? Man, everything. Back in the day, it was I still remember yellow pages, like having to get my yellow page <laughs> ad running. I tell newer gym owners about that, they're like, "What?" Because they'll complain about a Facebook ad, like, "Oh, it didn't work." You know, I'll turn it off. I mean, it's been three days. I said, "You don't realize." Back in the day, it was like. Once every six months, somebody came to your gym and you had to give them your outline and they made you an ad and that was it. That was your marketing for six months. And so now it's everything, you know, it's like, um, we do consulting for other gyms. So I, when I help people when they set up a gym, it's a Google first model. I mean, cause Google sure. is king still. I mean, cause if I go to a new town or anything like that, I'm not going to pull up my phone and go on Facebook and be like, Hey, where's the best restaurant? I'm going to go to Google. Right. So, it's a Google first thing, but we use everything. Like after you, after you dominate on Google, then it's Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, well, YouTube's part of Google, sorry, but Facebook, Instagram and Facebook was man for a couple of years there. It was like the golden goose. You could get cheap, cheap leads and lots of traffic. And then of course, with all the new updates and everything, it's just been an absolute nightmare. <laughs> so Right now, are you doing more paid advertising or like organic posts or both? Uh, both, both. Yeah. I, I preach both. Okay. So or, you have to have a good organic system, putting out content so people know you're there. And then 
doing the paid stuff because most people are scared to do paid marketing or they don't spend or they don't have they don't understand how to do the right. budget to make the money back on the front end. So what, if someone comes into my town and like they'll see like my ads everywhere, my, my stuff everywhere, my organic stuff everywhere, you know, updates, videos, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. So I try to hit it. Um, one term I use in our consulting is called five mile famous. And it actually comes from Dean Jackson who used it. I think his was like something else. It was, I forget what his, but um, got to give him credit because he's super mm-hmm. smart guy. But basically I just, I try to dominate a five mile circle and it's like, I want to be gotcha. the only person that people think about. Ah, uh, that's awesome. Okay. I, I see your strategy online a little bit. It's very focused. Yeah. Very. Yeah. Um, I don't want to market outside. I mean, it, it, it bleeds over all the time and you can't really, but like, I just want to like any kind of stuff I campaign, it's five miles. It's, you know, are we dominating this? Are we getting enough on Google? Do we have enough YouTube stuff out there? Facebook, Instagram, and just constantly building. Right. Ongoing content. What are you posting? Is it like, like maybe videos of like people were like, um, doing jujitsu or, or like different marketing posts. Give us an idea here. It's a good mix. Uh, it's, you know, the generic one is I'm in a hurry and I got to get something out or one of the staff people do. It's like a of the class, but it's like, that's more than most gyms do in my area, which is comical. It's like, so I'll do like the boring ones. Then we'll do some uh, talking head ones, you know, where you're talking about like the benefits of training, why I need to come in training. I do that more in ads. So on our page, a lot of it's just basic stuff like fitness tips, health tips, uh, ah, upcoming, sure. UF, upcoming UFCs, um, client success stories, you know, anything I can tie in like that. That's awesome. Just kind of keep a conversation with your audience. A little yeah. Bit the yeah. Cause public. it's yeah. Especially social media. Cause it's just social. They just want to like interact on stuff. And then of course, sure. memes, memes, memes work. It's like, I, the reason I ask these questions, I do have a few friends and, and a few people in, in my area, in the Milwaukee area that they have a gym or a studio or something that, you know, you can, you can be helping multiple people at once, similar business models, not jujitsu. Um, but yeah, the, the tactics online there, that's pretty simple, but smart at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. There's so much education out there. It's just doing the things that people get, it's like anything they get. So I think it's like investing, they get scared and I don't, marketing doesn't work. And I'm like, what did you try? And they're like, well, I, I tried out, you know, a Facebook conversion ad. And I'm like, well, you never made a post on Facebook. It's like, let's <laughs> learn the system first. Sure. Sure. If, if anybody's listening, this is a shout out to a previous guest, Kevin Shragi, who is a Facebook master. They, they do testing with Facebook ads to really lower your cost per click. He would be somebody that could definitely help with any kind of studio awesome. owner like yourself. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't like to know here since you're past as, as a stockbroker, and, and that term really isn't used anymore. You know, nobody really, it, yeah. it feels very ni- 1990s. <laughs> yeah, it was, right? it was early 2000. <laughs> right on. So so yeah. what caused you to leave that industry and, and become a small business owner? Man, it was the toughest decision of my life, honestly, because it, it, it's like, it's the typical American story. Like I had everything that I wanted. It's like I had the house, the two kids, the wife, mm-hmm. the dog, I had the six figure job with crazy good benefits with awesome retirement. And I loved it. It was the, be- like, the best job I ever had, like as far as a job. But then it was like, I started getting on entrepreneurs and seeing how they were doing things. And I'm like, Oh, this is pretty cool. And I'm like, man, you guys have like, you, you work a lot, but you don't work a lot. It's like, mm-hmm. this is kind of interesting. So when I started to figure that out and get around them, and then when my, my best friend started winning Travis Luter, um, started winning any fights. I was doing a lot of his fight work and it was taking up time and doing everything. But then when he got to that next level and we pushed it up, it was, I was like, man, I need more time. And then I'd see his freedom. And then he's like, Oh, we're going to go to, to London. We're going to do this. I'm like, Oh my God, we're on a vacation time. I got a family too. And it was like, you know, so that, and it kept pulling me to like, 
you know, I could do this. Could I do this? You know? And I'm like, oh, I, sure. think I can. And, and, but it was a tough, tough decision. It was really tough. I, I love this. I want to drill into this a little bit because there's a lot of people out there that they're in a position and especially people who are a little more experienced in their career where their salary is a little better and their, their benefits are a little better. It becomes harder to separate. What was the straw that broke the camel's back? What motivated you to be like, that's it. I'm leaving and I'm going all in as an entrepreneur. Man, it, it was probably, I was at a low point physically. Like I was 20 something pounds overweight. I was just mm -hmm. not feeling good about myself, super low energy, drinking like coffee by the, by the leader, you know, and it was just like, and I was stressed out, you know, because I was trying to climb the ladder and the corporate ladder is hard. I mean, you're, you're competing. Mm -hmm. You're always trying to improve to get a look and physically and mentally I was kind of done. And then I was like, man, I had this idea. I'm like, I should, should I do it? Should I do it? And then when my best, when he won the ultimate fighter four and they're like, Oh, okay. Now he's gonna be doing this, this training thing for the next year and doing all this, this, and this. And I was like, man, if I could, I could do this. And the good thing in the back of my head, my wife was super supportive about it. Is like, I had two years till my license is expired. So I'm like, I left my, my broker on good terms. I was like, sure. everything was fine. And I was like, so I knew in the back of my head, I was like, even though you don't want to have a plan B, but I had always had a plan B in my back pocket. Like, Hey, I could try this in worst case scenario. I can go back and do what I was doing before. And then man, when I, once I hit the ground running with it, I just fell in love with it. Just being an entrepreneur was, I was like, this is what I was designed to do, you know? And then it's like, then you start getting into more and more things and you just go deeper and deeper. So yeah, it's, it was pretty crazy. Good for you. That's I, and thanks for sharing the context there on, and what really motivated you to make the jump. It's in health. I've run and run into other people. The same thing is, is their job is compromising their health. And, and you got to yeah, make a switch at that point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was a really good question. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. No one's ever asked me one like that, that deep before on why I, when I mm -hmm. left and all that stuff too, because it was a tough decision, but, but yeah, it, it was the right decision for me. Uh, well, I, I can just see, I, I mean, those who are watching the video, you can see like you're a fit dude, but you also feel like super enthusiastic about your business, what you're oh, doing. I, I don't talk to anybody who works a corporate job is like with that much energy. <laughs> no, no. All, all my corporate students that come in, you know, cause I have a lot of friends from the industry. They sure. still are, I mean, they, and they make stupid money and they're, oh, yeah. they're, they're, they're happy and everything, but yeah, they, they are just kind of like, so, you know, and then, yes, like, yes. Then you get them out of their shell and they're like, oh my God, then they feel better. That's why a lot of the guys yes. train is because just for that escape, you know, yes. because you got to have something because if all you're doing is working to make money and you're not taking care of yourself, then it's like, are you going to live long enough to spend the money? I mean, we've all had mm -hmm. friends pass away early and you're like, dude, didn't work out at all. It's like, we knew he was going to die. And then, of course there's accidents and people die all sure. the time, freak yeah. stuff. But yeah. you always see the ones where you're like, well, of course he died. He's 200 pounds overweight, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like he did nothing but smoke and drink and work, you know, and he's always going to do elaborate things in his seventies and he didn't make it. You're hitting on one of my favorite subjects. And that is a lot of people are really working a lot right now and they keep looking to the future. Like, okay, so, so 10 years out, 15 years out to retirement. And it's always, it's then not now it's the then mentality, which is their thing about then the problem is I see this. You probably see it too, is people get to that age. Let's say it's 55, 60, 65, your health is so deteriorated. You can't do the things you said you wanted to do at that point, like travel or pick up a new hobby or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you got, you got to take care of yourself because we're going to live and I forget who said it was like the generation that's being born now, they predict will live into the hundreds, like the average life. It's, it's insane. It's so crazy. So it's like, think about it. if you don't take care of yourself and you're 70 and you got money, it's like, 
okay, it's going to be okay life. But man, if you're 70, I, I've got students that are in their seventies and I'm like, these dudes can go any, they go anywhere they want, do whatever they want. Cause they're in shape. It's like hike. Okay, cool. You know? And like my mom's in her seventies and she's not going hiking. And I'm like, you know, I get on her all the time. I'm like, just start walking. It's right. Like, right. It's like, cause if you, you start making money investing and, and with your business, it's like, mm-hmm. you might live to be, hopefully everybody listen 80, 90, hundred years old. I mean, yeah. it's going to be common. And it's like, you got to take care of yourself too, so you can enjoy it. Yeah. I always, I always say you got to keep that agility, you know, where we can move around, you can do stuff, you can, you can travel. There's people I know that they hit their sixties and and they travel. And as soon as they arrive somewhere, they want to go back home because they're not comfortable. They're not physically comfortable. They want their bed. (laughs) They, they want their, their kitchen, their food, everything, that convenience. And it's like, you're not, you're not living. Yeah. Live it. (laughs) Yeah. And and you brought up one good thing that I liked is talking about living in the, like the now, because we're always looking for the next thing, even as an entrepreneur or even a corporate it's like, Oh, what's next? What's next? What's next? And it's like, man, enjoy what's now. It's like, yes. it's like, we got, we learned that the last couple of years. Like you have to, you have to enjoy now. And it's one thing looking back on my life, I've done some really cool stuff. And I was like, man, I really should have enjoyed that just a little bit more. Cause I was in a hurry to get to the next thing. You know, it's like, get to right. the next thing. And it's like, take it in and be like, Oh man, this is amazing. Build real memories that you have forever. Sure. Let's take a quick commercial break. Have you ever lost money in the stock market? Maybe you heard or saw a comment on YouTube, TikTok, Reddit, or another social platform. Or maybe you just received bad advice from a friend. Yeah, I think we've all been there. Most people lose money in the stock market because they make decisions based on emotions. What if you could remove emotions from investing? What if you could make consistent returns in the stock market based solely on logic? And what if there's a software that handled that logic for you? Introducing Ticker, a platform that helps you manage your own investments with confidence. Get started today with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. Um, I'd like to make a, a little transition here. Mm-hmm. Is one major theme with payback time is based on financial independence, and we like entrepreneurs when they find out ways to create residual or leveraged income. Um, I'd like to drill into that a little bit. Could you, I know you've got a service business here, but can you yep. share what what kind of uh, leveraged income have you built in your life? It, and this has kind of become like my huge passion now. Is like that's when I get the most excited about is. Cause you go through and you're building your business and you're building investments and other like that, but you have to build passive income to be able to do the things you want to do and do it earlier. So it's like, right. I always fundamental wise, you know, the basics of investing, you know, IRAs, 401ks, health savings, guns, if you can, all that stuff. But then we're living in a time now, which is so exciting because there's so many opportunities where you can build passive income. Cause in the past, it was like, if you wanted to own some buildings and rent them out and be a landlord, it was, you know, you bought a job. It's like, yes, you know, yes. they, so, but now, now there's different funds out there. There's different syndicates where people, you can pull money and it's like, you basically right. are passively in those. And then you just get checks and it's like, you don't have someone calling to fix the toilet, you know, stuff nobody wants to deal with. Right. And now you're seeing it to me, it's like the most exciting time. Cause you're seeing things like that. So you can, you know, some of the things I've done is, you know, uh, commercial real estate in like okay. a syndicate thing. So I don't do anything. Like I literally have no say in anything, you know? So, so, like, so wait, you don't repair toilets and fix electrical problems at 2 a.m.? <laughs> Yeah, no, I had one rental house and my wife said, if we ever have another one, we're getting divorced. So I was like, <laughs> it, was, it was a nightmare. You know, I was, it was a yes. one house thing where it's like typical story had the perfect tenant. They moved out and bought a house and we got the nightmare tenant. <laughs> and yes. it was like, 
this is a living hell. And I'm like, this is horrible. We get, get rid of this thing. So, but you can build things now. There's different funds out there where you can do that. And you're starting to see even more and more things where people are getting into different syndicates and like buying new businesses and, you know, fractional ownership of things. I mean, it's mm-hmm. crazy. I mean, it's, it's, it's a wild time. So yeah. So the big thing I talk to people is like be investing, be building up money because you, you know, and the listeners know it takes time to build up money in the market. Right. It takes, you have to do it. But once you get to a certain point, then having money, when a deal comes across or you start looking at other things, it's like, oh yeah, I can do that. And then you start to make the relationships and network with people. And you, you start finding out that it's a super common thing that I didn't know about even three years ago. You know, I was like, this right. is crazy. It is crazy. The last, I'd say the last five to 10 years, the opportunities online to, you know, invest, you know, I look at all the brokers these days are pretty much most are free, right? You know, the Robin Hoods, yep. E-Trade, TD Ameritrading in the States, but, but yeah, like access to real estate, like there's real estate investment trusts or funds yep. you can, right? That way you can invest in real estate, but not repair toilets. Yeah, um, 100%. Right? <laughs> And so, it's completely passive. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious, uh, what, what do you specifically, do you go into ETFs, or individual stocks, mutual funds? What do you invest in specifically today? Uh, just, just in the investment side. Mm-hmm. Okay. So from, I've got two theories on this, what I do, cause I'm a whole, like anybody's trying to trade is super hard. I mean, it's tough. Oh like, yeah. You know, yeah. I thought I was a genius back when I was a broke. I was like, Oh, I'm really good at this. No, I'm not. It's like, it's like, it's so mm-hmm. hard. To, so Retirement and stuff like that, ETF, super basic, Warren Buffett model, yep. just like super simple. You know, S&P 500 is going to return X. Cool. Don't worry about it. Don't touch it. But then non-retirement money I'll mess around with. Like, you know, I've got, I forget who, I think it was, it might've been Peter Lynch. I can't remember who it was now, but mm-hmm. it was like just buying the companies you believe in and use. So it's like, you know, I'm on an Apple, right? I'm on a Mac right now with an iPhone and an, a, sure. a Mac. Okay. So I need Apple stocks. So and then Amazon comes every day, buy Amazon stock. You know? So it's like, I'm a big fan of like buying the things we use um, yep. and, and doing that. So that's what I do for like my regular investing is I keep everything super basic for retirement, but I do mess around with some stuff, but I've, yeah, I've gone through trading options and doing all that stuff. And it's like, you know, you hit some home, it's hit some home runs, but man, it's, it's up and down, but it, you know, it can be cool and everything, but it's like, for me, it's like, oh, I just want to like have my retirement money doing its thing and then trying to build up not retirement money and then taking that and converting that into other assets. Gotcha. Now, what other assets are you referring to? Other types of maybe small businesses or? Yeah. So this is something really cool that I've gotten into in the last year is when all the stuff happened and they're like, Hey, gyms are not essential. And I'm like, wait a second. Uh, It's pretty essential. And they're like, well, you're closed. And I'm like, okay. So in my head, I was like, I gotta find something else. And so I started researching and finding groups of people and then listening to podcasts and you start hearing about angel investing. I'm like, oh, that's pretty Mm -hmm. cool. But that's way over my head. I don't understand that. And then I started like in different groups I'd be in, I'd see different people. And I'm like, these guys are, op- they're opening up a restaurant. Like, how are they doing this? So then I just start messaging people. I'm like, Hey, hey dude, what's going on? How are you guys doing this? It's like, Oh, I'm in this group. And you know, we raise money as a syndicate and we do this, this and this, and it's really cool. You should come check it out. So I was like, okay, cool. And then join a group and then ended up uh, at the end of last year with a, a group of guys, we all pulled in and we bought uh, 10 coffee and donut shops. Hmm. So yeah, it's crazy. So I was like, essential has drive-throughs people was like, okay, cool. So, and the cool part was like, what hooked me on it was like, everybody pulls their money together in an LLC and a syndicate mm-hmm. deal. But the cool part was when they were doing the, after the, the pitch deck and everything, and they're doing the, they're like, Hey, if you know, you're, cause a lot of you are new to this, there's a couple of rules. 
They're like, if you ask us a lot of questions, we're going to send your money back. <laughs> they were like, they're like, this is a passive investment. You, you don't, don't message us like, Hey, maybe we should try, you know, these donuts or what about switching to this coffee? They said, you know, if, if you don't tell us what to do, we do this, you're, you're an investor, you know, right. it's passive, you get your money every quarter. And it was so cool. And I said that I was like, this is exactly what I dreamt of. This is like amazing. It's like, I literally have no say and no responsibility. <laughs> So you do not get to choose process. the donuts of the day. <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. And I love the transparency. They were like, no, if you ask too many questions, we just send you your money back because you're annoying. Yes. You know, they're, they're trying to open hundreds of locations. And if you've got, you know, 150 investors and everybody's asking two questions a day, you know, they're getting That's 300 ridiculous. stupid questions. Yeah. So it was like that transparency to me was amazing. And so it's been super cool. It's been a really cool experience. And the one thing that people that are interested in doing stuff like that, the runway is so long. It's like, it takes forever. So it's like, you, know, you put the money in and it's like, you don't see anything because it's real sure. world. They have to go acquire the leases. Then they have to build the locations. Then they have, so, I mean, it takes time. So sure. but in the long run, I think it's going to be amazing. It's been a great experience so far. Sure. Uh, I, I like the the creativity here. You know, entrepreneurship, there's a lot of creativity there in, in what you did. It's kind of ironic because you run a fitness type business and here we are <laughs> investing in donuts. But but yeah. hey, coffee isn't it's coffee can be good for you. So um, exactly. Right. <laughs> so pretty cool that that I, I can respect. Um, before we jump into the rapid fire round where yep. we get to jump into some fun questions, can you share with the audience one big mistake you made in business? And maybe the audience can learn from that. Big mistake I made in business. I, I learned the hard way. I tried to overexpand. I thought more was better. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is I had one gym that was doing okay. And I was like, man, if I had two, I can make twice as much money. And without good systems, that doesn't happen. You just get twice as much work and the same yes. amount of money. And then I went to three and I went to four and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I was like, oh my God, this is horrible. And so I learned the hard way is like, if you're trying to scale, you have to have systems that are just on point that can be replicated without you. And the hardest part in my industry was jujitsu is such a personality driven business that if I'm at one gym and I'm not the other, then they're getting mad at me because I'm not there because I'm the face than the person. So it's a jujitsu is a tough business to scale. People have tried it, open multiple locations. Mm. It, it is super tough. So I learned the hard way. I mean, you could do it if you did it the right way, but you have to have your systems. Anybody's like tried to open multiple things as an entrepreneur would probably agree. It's like, if you, if your systems aren't on point, you're going to have a lot of stress. Right. It, it sounds like it, it's almost like compound interest in the opposite direction. It just uh, yeah. problems increase exponentially. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Now, thank, problems. Thanks for sharing that. Appreciate that. I know there's people probably thinking that through like, Hey, if I, if I just added right more locations, I would have more money and that would solve problems. Like no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <way>. no. <laughs> All right. What I'd like to do next is jump into the rapid fire round. This is the part of the episode where we get to find out who Paul really is. Oh, so cool. if, if you can try to answer each question in 15 seconds or less, you ready? Okay. All right. First up, what is your favorite podcast? Uh, favorite podcast right now is my first million. Okay. That's with, uh, is it Sean and Sam? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yep. It's, they're a little long for my taste. I don't like long podcasts, but right. theirs are so good because they're just taught, they're just spitballing ideas about you know how they made their money and how other people are making money. And it's like I love it. It's it's very that's cool, educational, and awesome. Yeah. Uh, what is a recent book you read and would recommend? Uh, the Alchemist. I read it for like the third time. I think I highly recommend it. You know, and that's one where I got a big focus on living in the now, like you know, appreciating nice. the now. Nice. 
All right. What's your favorite movie? Favorite movie, Top Gun. All right. <laughs> I'm waiting Looking, for their sequel. Uh, yeah. They keep pushing it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to bring it up. But I think they've got the date locked in this summer, right? It's uh, somewhere around 4th of July as we speak. So. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Nice. All right. Favorite food. Favorite food is uh, pho, uh, Vietnamese pho. <laughs> pho? Yeah. Huh. What is it composed of? What is this? Uh, it's a it's a soup, but it's uh, meat and meatballs and noodles, and it's just amazing. Got it. Got it. Nice. <laughs> All right. Good to know. All right. How many hours do you work per week? Oh God. On paper, uh, you know, I try to keep it under, you know, under forty, but physically working, you know, probably sixty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you always your mind can't stop. Sure. Sure. I hear you. Uh, how many hours do you sleep each night? Uh, I try to get eight and I get about seven. Still pretty good. Nice. Yeah. All right. Work, workout regimen. Uh, every day do something. So jujitsu or I mix it up. Yeah. I alternate days. So I'll do jujitsu, then the gym, jujitsu, then the gym. Cause too many days in a row of jujitsu, my body just starts to hurt. Sure. <laughs> it's, sure. It's just too physical. And cause as older I get, so I'm trying to be smarter when I was younger. It's like, Oh, more is better. And it's like my body now it it's like, no, I want to be able like you said earlier, talk about like stretching and be able to move and like enjoy things. So it's like, yeah, I don't want to wear myself down. Right on. All right. And last question here. This is a time machine question. If you go back in time to give your younger self advice, what age would you visit? And what would you say? I would say 25 and Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't we all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I don't know if that was the year it came out, you know, but it was like literally, I mean, just unbelievable. Right. Exactly. If, if you only knew then what you know now, as they say. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just insane. All right. I'll turn it over to you. Where can the audience reach you? Uh, best place uh, that I like to spend time on is Instagram, just Instagram mm -hmm. forward slash P-A-U-L period H-A-L-M-E. It's my favorite platform. Facebook is just kind of, eh, it's a necessary evil for business, but I really enjoy Instagram and I put out a lot of content on there and then stories are always entertaining because I'm always doing stuff and traveling when I can. Um, that's the best place. Nice. All right, Paul. Well, thanks a lot for your time. This is great. Yeah, I had a great time. Thank you. All right. We'll see ya. See you later. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest's story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya.